Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30am on BFF.FM or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about X-Hex and their new album Rips, which is an album we've been waiting seven long months for it to come out after we saw Mary Timonini's new band, X-Hex, perform at the South by Southwest Music Conference in Austin this March. And they were so amazing that we actually went back to see them a second time at the Merge Showcase. And they just had such great energy and they played so well together. And um, we were really excited to hear this album. And luckily for me, it has fulfilled all my expectations. Yeah, it is a it is a heck of an album. But as for fulfilling expectations, if you're familiar with Mary Timoney's earlier work, then I think the way this album sounds will really come as a surprise right out of the gate with the first track, Don't Want to Lose. about the story of this album is that it's about a celebration of age and wisdom and the whole tone of the album is kind of coming from the perspective as of being a young person and wrapped up in these romances with these bad boys and kind of a different sort of lifestyle but also having the wisdom to recognize recognize how to get yourself out of those situations and so I think this is a great song to kick it off and sort of start the arc of learning that you could say is going on throughout the album yeah it, it's uh, really yeah it starts off with a bang that nice sort of echoey guitar and then when she starts singing and you know i talked about being surprised by this sound part of it is i think in her earlier projects she's always had kind of a wispy voice and it's so much kind of stronger and clearer and you know i was not at all shocked to to read that she had apparently been taking voice lessons and saw that in herself like ah, maybe I need to work on that and it really makes a difference and I, I think in uh, maybe the same Washington Post article she was talking about how she listens to her stuff from helium and she feels uncomfortable with it almost because she's like yeah that was the trend at the time to have kind of a weaker voice because it seemed more authentic and now she kind of cringes at that I, I think she's left that behind that it's not the strongest sort of intrinsic voice but yeah with training and discipline I think she's pushing it just as far as she needs to and I and while it's not I, I think there are moments in this song where she's you know she puts this vibrato where she says reaction and the way she kind of the, the way she kind of bends it a little bit and it just almost reminded me of Chrissy Hind that not as strong a voice but that she's really making the most of it here in a way that's really refreshing to hear well and what's interesting is when we kind of talked about this the other day and I was like well I don't know do you think middle of the road maybe because I think a lot of these songs have kind of the guitar tone and the pace and and they reminded me of middle of the road as in relation to other pretender songs and so we put that on and I realized that Chrissy Hines' voice is so much stronger and 
lower and more powerful, obviously, but something about Mary Timoney's voice in some of these songs really captures that kind of power with a different style. It's like she's found the way to make the most of it, and it's really great to hear because, uh, yeah, there, there was that talent, but I just when I knew she heard she was going to be fronting the band, I was like, oh, is this going to work? And it really does. And along with that strength, though, it's, I think, still some nice lyrics. I think the lyrics are very straightforward, but they're really playful. And she's addressing the song to, to some dude, and he's maybe a little indecisive. And I really appreciate how the, the lyrics kind of play with that, that there's this indecisive guy, and that the lyrics have that ambiguity of like, oh, you know, you're, that's not right, that's not wrong, and there's no way to lose, no way to win, and that, that there is that ambiguity in romance, and that... You know, hopefully that's the sort of thing you know she's figuring out as the wisdom you talked about. And that's kind of the theme that indecision and sort of ambiguity is sort of the theme of the first set of three songs, maybe. And so this is another one in that group, which is called Waste Your Time. guitar solo in that clip just because you can appreciate that she has really incredible guitar skills and she's sort of playing below her level a little bit on a lot of this album but she has some really amazing solos in here and the album doesn't even really do them justice they played at the rickshaw stop last week which is a small venue and of course i was like standing right against the stage right in front of betsy wright actually the bassist and just listening to some of these solos live and watching her incredible guitar skill was very impressive. And so it shows how she doesn't need to show off. She's reigning in her skills and just keeping everything really tight just in order to really service the song and not just to show off to everyone. Yeah, maybe a display of that watchword we already brought up of wisdom artistically, that she's having that restraint that I think in the past could she got a little carried away with her own skill and mm -hmm. things got a little noodly and things here very well played but refreshingly straightforward and, and of course her last project was wild flag and i th i think there that was really in stark contrast where you saw 
the Carrie Brownstein fronted and written songs were really rocking and straightforward and her songs were a little more spacey and not nearly as satisfying. But Mary Timoney has said that a, a, there were a number of XX songs that she actually wrote for Wild Flag originally. So I think making the assumption that they were Carrie Brownstein songs may be off because I think she, it sounds like it was maybe more of a collaboration hearing some of this stuff now. It is an interesting, and I, I guess it's easy to leap to that conclusion, like that the person who's singing is the main creative force. But I think they, by giving the songs that were really spacey and dreamy to her, mm. maybe, you know, definitely reinforced that impression. So, it, you know, regardless of how it happened, it did make for quite the surprise when this album comes out that's her stronger voice, more straightforward guitar style, if still really skillful, and that simplicity and straightforwardness extends to the song structure that pretty much every song is a sort of two, I think the longest song is about four, but they're pretty much all very similar lengths, mostly very similar tempos. And all a pretty traditional just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, done. Just in and out, very clean. And I think the simplistic structure calls to mind the truism about art that it takes incredible skill to make something look this easy. And it's easy to assume that like, oh, I could write that song because, you know, it's got kind of a basic structure and the tone harkens back to kind of 80s pop like the Go-Go's or, you know, the Cars. But they do have their unique voice. And it, it I would challenge anyone who thinks that to try and write one of these songs. And also the fact that all of these songs are A-plus material and there's no filler. And when I get an album like that, I know that there was so much discarded in getting rid of the stuff that you might have put in if you didn't really have enough great ideas to fill an album. But they just, they had plenty of stuff that was really killer. And so they didn't need to include any of the B material. And it just speaks to the strength of these three women and their artistic skill. Yeah, it is all killer, all filler, but and musically, and then... <laughs> I think you mean all killer, no filler. Did I say all filler, no killer? You said all killer, all filler. <laughs> <laughs> well, cl clearly I need more coffee, but uh, maybe after the podcast recording. But the I think the, what's great here is that, you know, there's this delightful, the musicality is so delightful, and it this song seems straightforward, but there's still these charming turns of phrase and ways of expressing sort of more traditional ideas like, oh, it's just a song about some guy who doesn't get me or who I'm still hung up on. But these, like I think in this song, there's these little bits of synesthesia where she talks about shining sound or hearing colors. And I think it's this really nice way of subtly talking, you know, expressing that idea of not being on the same wavelength with someone. And it's not necessarily a problem with either of you. You're just not on the same page. And I, it's, it's not a new idea necessarily, but such a fun way of expressing that. And definitely a through line. A lot of the songs are about that, including this next one that we'll be playing, which is called You Fell Apart.
This is such a great vivid portrait of someone who's maybe a little too hung up on a hard partying lifestyle. It's just getting wasted all the time, stuck at the after party every night. And I appreciate though that after describing this, and I'm assuming a dude, cause mm -hmm. it seems like a dude, but that instead of condemning him, she turns the attention back to herself and says, well, I keep thinking and I keep feeling and what do I do? And so it's, it's nice that we keep coming back to wisdom, but it's just like she's seeing this and then looking at herself like, well, what's my, what do I do about this? And, you know, I can't change someone else. So what do I do for myself? And I think that together with Waterfall, this song is really the thematic centerpiece of the album. And as I said before, that the whole album is kind of a celebration of age and wisdom and, you know, learning from your mistakes and kind of getting distance from the younger person that you used to be, who would be like, you know, caught up with this guy who's totally bad news. And everyone I know has dated this guy. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> and you look back and you don't understand why you were so like you didn't just like chuck them to the curb. And um, this song kind of goes through this experience of describing all these really intense feelings. And it's like, I can't stop thinking. I can't stop feeling. What do I do? And then it ends with, you know, I tried so hard not to forget. Now you're just a creep that I regret. And it's it's like just kind of like having the distance to be like, yeah, and now I've learned from that experience. And I think that's really what the album is about. It is funny, though, because, yeah, she says, I regret you, but I've got no regrets. Mm -hmm. And that those can maybe both be simultaneously true, that you mm -hmm. can regret something, but, hey, I, that you learn from it. So that it, in a way, it is it gets transmitted into something better. But it is, it is I think, interesting to have this sort of portrayal of a lifestyle of, you know, hard partying and everyone drinking all the time. And that when you look at this band, and these are all veteran musicians, you know, women in their 30s and 40s who have been at this a while. Mm. Yeah, and, I mean, Mary Timoney's 44, which I think is amazing. Yeah, she and she rocks way harder than most 20-somethings, I will say. But yeah, that just how weird it must be to be growing up and be a mature adult. And you're still a touring musician who, who's in that lifestyle and you're playing in bars. And, you know, remembering, I think, hearing an interview with John Worcester talking about quitting drinking and how it was just that case. It wasn't even something he realized he was doing because when you're a musician and you're in that lifestyle, well, of course, you're just around places where people are giving you drinks for free. And that this is, I think, a nice kind of snapshot of what it is to be someone who's growing up, but in a world that's sort of an arrested development kind of world. Yeah, I, I think it's worth noting that I read one article about the band and um, Laura Harris, who's the drummer, is 32 and she's worked at the Black Cat, which is a very famous nightclub in D.C. since she was 19. And so... You know, just kind of being in that kind of lifestyle all the time. Yeah, that's that's crazy to imagine, like going more than a decade and just seeing she's getting older, but they still stay the same age in terms of what the lifestyle is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that sort of notion of yeah, arrested development and substance abuse is definitely, I think, a reality of the rock and roll lifestyle, and is definitely explored on another. That or our next song we're going to talk about is Waterfall. Party and you hid behind the door. Then you stole my wallet and passed out on the kitchen floor. It's a chemical reaction. Oh, oh. I want to show you big affection. Oh,
that's another one of those killer Mary Timoney guitar solos. And as I said, coming back to what I said previously, this is one of the two songs that I think form the the thematic centerpiece of the album. And the chorus in this song is, you know, we're going to ride the river before we quit the scene. And I think that's kind of what the whole album is about, is about having the wisdom to jump into the river of life and ride the rapids and like enjoy the crazy points and commit to being in the moment with that, but also having the depth of experience to know when you need to step out and like maybe just let the river go by for a little while. And it's just a great, incredible, catchy song. And if you you can find the video online, it's the second single off the album. So um, it's a really fun video. Yeah, uh, in the the words of the old ad that, yeah, that she's knowing when to say when. And of course the song is singing to someone who pretty clearly doesn't know when to say when. He's getting paranoid, he's stealing, he's passing out. And, but I, there's definitely that affection. And she's talking about expressing affection for him, but talking well, and, about. And there's the great, the great ending line, you know, I want to show you my affection, but you're on the floor. Yeah. And that, that there's that chemical, it's a chemical reaction and she could be talking about whatever this guy is doing. And also just that she's sort of recognizing her own affection for him as being something that's not meaningful. And I think also just in terms of watchwords through the album, there's tons of these running lyric words that keep popping up so like reactions affection waterfalls even appear in multiple songs which i think is really funny Mm -hmm. but yeah that that's that entire someone growing up and still in that lifestyle where you're surrounded by people who are either are in their 20s or acting like they're still in their 20s i think back to when we were at in south by southwest and we this random guy started talking to us during i think either before or after the show and he's like oh i'm from dc oh this friend of mine was at this party and started and you know he's some early 20s guy and he starts hitting on betsy Wright, and then later found out okay how much older she was and it was kind of shocked and of course well that was his perspective but what's her perspective to be this mature woman who keeps having you know 20 something guys hitting on her but on the other hand and if you see that video you'll see that you know she's wearing this shiny leopard print bodysuit and so clearly is comfortable with and playing up and just like i'm gonna be that sex goddess rock star like i'm just going for it yeah she embraces that and runs with it and she may have awesome sex appeal but she's and i gotta say when she is on stage with mary timoney and they have this great interplay and this great great chemistry and yeah they're always they do a lot of like facing each other and playing guitars well facing each other's good or i think they'll play back to back sometimes which just you get that uh it's very they're almost touching it's amazing yeah but i don't think that she has the same songwriting skill as mary does and you know the this goes back to what I was saying about it. it takes incredible skill to make anything look this easy. And I think the two Betsy songs that are on the album, which are uh, Radio On and then the one that we're going to play next, which is How You Got That Girl, kind of illustrate that because they're good songs. They're catchy. Radio On was actually the first one that I really got excited about when I heard the album on first listen. And, and there's nothing wrong with them, but they just don't have the same magic and sizzle that the rest of the songs have and they and the complexity and so you know this is kind of an ex- example of how you can if you don't have quite that skill you can't make it look quite as easy it's just not as perfect so we're gonna play the one of those two songs which is how you got that girl maybe i've changed i don't
that is just a good, good pop song that happens to be in the company of some very good pop songs. But I do like that it's this chance to get the bass up in front and you really get a taste of. It's not flashy, but you know these songs have a driving beat and Betsy Wright is able to keep that going and that momentum really makes the album work. And so even though stage presence aside, you know the bass work is not flashy, it's able to go into the background, but it, it's necessary for the album to work as well as it does. And I think that the songs have this driving beat and then the guitar is not as prominent here, but there's this nice kind of guitar squeak and the hand claps and the way the song begins. And it's just, it's this sort of deliberate, really, really intentional retro sound. That's very charming. Yeah. I think, you know, the whole album is obviously pretty referential, but I think this song sticks out the most as being the most intentionally retro because it sounds so much like Jesse's girl and my best friend's girl by the cars. You know, I know that one of the things that Mary Timoney said in an interview was that she set out when making this album, her intention was to make songs that sound like they could be on the radio in 1982. And I think they definitely succeeded. But I, I like that comparison because both of those are songs by a guy about the girl he didn't get and he's kind of bad. He's feeling bad about it. And this is a song that's much more like a woman singing about some guy and just like good riddance. And yeah, I mean, she's basically describing she's describing all the tricks that he used to get her that he's using on someone else that she now knows better than to fall for. And that's the chorus is now I know how you got that girl. I, I like that there's sort of this, these first nine songs are all addressed to some guy who's not right, who did her wrong. And this one kind of falls right in the middle of those. And it's, it's not saying, uh, I'm, I'm still hung up on him. It's a, I'm done with that and good, you know, good. And I think that comes back to my central theory about the album is that it's a celebration of age and wisdom. And I think it is worth noting that both Betsy and Laura, I don't know about Mary, are divorced. And so they have the grace of not being trapped in that societal fairy tale romance idea. And they're able to look at relationships with a more skeptical eye. And it's that's kind of the experience that they've gained that they're talking about or they're bringing into these songs. Yeah. Uh, and so even though this song t comes in the middle of those first nine, we're talking about it sort of after those, because I think that it's about, Hey, I'm starting to learn the lesson. And those first nine are all about like, Hey, let's learn from our mistakes, mm -hmm. have regrets, but have no regrets because we learn from them. And then this, the album definitely takes a shift. It's 12 tracks. These last three tracks are moving from learning those lessons to starting to put those lessons to use. And that starts with this next track, Warped.
this song is a heck of a change that we go from songs addressed to guys to a song that really feels like it's addressed to herself or maybe to someone she sees as a younger version of herself trying to share that wisdom. And then sonically, really, the guitar becomes a little less straightforward, at least in terms of the sound. I think you get a lot more of the harmonics. It's not just a straight melodic line. And I think these are, we're heading into what I consider the more Mary Timoney songs on this album. And I'm thinking of the, what I consider more Mary, Mary Timoney songs on the Wild Flag album, which are Glass Tambourine and Electric Band. And I think that these last three are more in that style than any of the previous nine. Yeah, but it's, I think it's a good direction to take that she's finding herself and she's singing about finding herself. Like, I'm not really hung up on guys. I'm not trying to find meaning in romantic relationships, but I'm going to focus on myself. I'm, no one's good enough. That's fine. And maybe I have doubts about, am I too cool? Maybe, but you know, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to dance alone. And the makeup I'm putting on to dance alone is not about getting some dude. It's war paint and I'm strong and I'm singing. I'm talking like I'm trying to get in her mind, but I think she does a good job of really portraying what it's like to get past that and dance for yourself, not for others. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a really, you know, it's a, it's a strong shift to make and that, that idea of finding strength in yourself and having high standards, like no one's good enough. And that spine really continues into this penultimate song everywhere. really the best blending of the kind of retro sound at the beginning of the album and then more of the Mary Timoney spacey sound. I think it's the song that really fits the least in 1982. I think mm-hmm. there's some kind of modern guitar sounds, that just that kind of the particular processing and just doesn't sound, it sounds very modern and the, has the trippy lyrics singing about waterfalls again in the, in the air and that independence, just, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care if I'm going to find you. And that that fact that there's this motion over the album from a retro sound to this great melding of two styles i just sure hope this band sticks together because i want to hear what they do next yeah it's a great penultimate song and it i think that sort of style retro bleeding into more and more modern style continues on outro which is what we'll go out with and so just my concluding thoughts are just this is an amazing album i can't stop listening to it definitely go buy it definitely go see them if you can this is outro thanks for listening 